1: No. Roger Is there anything that Lionel Messi is better than you, at? your opinion.
0: I respect your opinion. Maybe in your opinion, Messi is better than me. But in my mind, I'm better than him. I do it again.
1: Add it up,
0: on me, gon' back it up matter what? Told you I'ma do me Why you hating on me? It's not adding up I do roll like a Mack truck, country heart, I'ma cop farm and gon' act up, TV, like the TV scars players. that was cold hearted. now back a... I'm backed up Keep me real, I do this once a month, I don't, I don't rap much I just much. hit the money and go stack Doesn't up Only like buy that. a car, make hard car, till you it up, all that other bull It don't matter much, you only climb me, I put the ladders up No fault, I done doubled up on the workload I, think I
1: fell in love with the bankroll. Pray up, get money, then we lay low. Then we lay low. Yes, guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of Rodri Giggs on football without Rodri Giggs. Rodri's poorly bad, but he's got tons of like us. So uh, he's having a week off. But uh, that's all right because we are still gonna talk lots of football, and there is lots of stuff, and Cardiff City will still ruin my night. But here we go. Um, just as we wait for a couple of the latecomers, little super six update. Um, as you know, people regular watchers will know. We're doing a Super 6, Charity Super 6 Prediction League. Um, there's all sorts of uh, ex-Card City, ex-footballers taking part, myself, Rodri and a few others. It's uh, It's been brutal for Rodri lately. I'm about 20 million points ahead of him. Nothing has changed with that. Uh, my screen's not loading, so I can't read the update, which is always handy. But uh we'll we'll get that up now. There we go. Look, 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 look. Uh it was a big week, actually. There was a lot of um lot of people getting into the double figures points. So we had 36 people scored 10 points or more. Steve Shanahan came top, scoring an impressive 19 points. Ex-Chiv City legend, Cohen Griffith, still top for the season. But how are the other celebs and ex-professionals doing? Jeff stelling 28th. Lee Jarman, 38th. Super Kevin McNaughton 64th, Gavin Gordon 65th, Andy Campbell 75th, Willie Boland 82nd, but Andy Leg propping up the celebrities and the ex-players at 88th place. Uh, Rodri forgot his predictions again this week, which means he has uh, dropped to 81st place. While I scored a whopping 10 points, which means I'm up to 61st, leaving him behind. The next round is. 3 p.m. Saturday, so don't get, don't forget to get your predictions in. And of course, if you want to test your football knowledge against the lads and ladies, then uh, get involved. You can contact Will Meliush on Facebook, and uh, he can add you to the group. and uh, myself and Will, I got a little project coming up there, so uh, coming up soon. So uh, look out for that. It's very exciting. But uh, let's get on with it. I'm joined this evening a new face to the channel. But uh, a face that I'm very familiar with, uh, as he as he does my podcast at Eat Sleep Media in the studio. But uh, I'm delighted to be joined by uh, Eat Sleep Media content producer and of course Welsh football fans man, Mister Evan Powell. How are you, buddy?
0: Yeah, not bad. I pleasure to be here,
1: mate. Yeah, looking forward to having a chat, mate. I, I enjoy speaking to different people, so uh, obviously I spoke with you lots anyway. But aye. we'll talk. Some, we'll properly dive into some football now. And uh, there is a lot to talk about, mate. I think, um, so we're going to start with Cardiff City. Going to get it out the way because it's painful. And then we can well, then we can move on to anything uh, anything else, really, because it is absolutely brutal. It's. Uh, I just think of Steve Morrison's probably sat somewhere just kind of chuckling to himself. Like every five minutes, he just starts laughing because it seems like years ago now <laughs> but St- Steve Morrison was getting that team playing it was looking positive really looked like he was building and I said at the time I felt like this season would be like a you know top 10 finish but next season they could really push on under him and then all of a sudden he was gone um he's a bit he was a bit prickly particularly with the media and stuff but I don't really care about that like at the end of the day I care about results and performances and whatnot, bit of a uh, structure in the football club. And he gave that. Uh we've lost that structure. We're all over the point all over the place. Um I think very, very highly of Mark Hudson. Um he didn't really have much time. He wasn't going great, don't get me wrong. Um I think it probably got to a point where he he, he had to go but equally if they're going to give it to them to the end of the season, I felt like they could maybe give him a, a little bit of more time. The thing which worries me is the absolute silence from the football club. There was silence after Steve Morrison was sacked. So no one knows why he was sacked still out of the blue. There's been pretty much silence now with this. All they said is Mark Hudson's been relieved of his duties. Um, there's been a little bit of movement behind the scenes. They, um, they signed the sports science guy and... Um, the backroom staff already in place are pretty much the backroom staff of. Uh, I'm going to butcher this, poor book guys. Now uh, Valerian Ishmael, who is the current second favourite to t- uh, to take over the Cardiff job, uh, but the backroom staff which are in place are kind of already his. So I think he's probably a front runner. I'd rather him over some of the other. Um, candidates. But Evan, what what do you make of the way Cardiff City have conducted themselves this season both on and off the pitch, mate?
0: At the end of the day, I don't know a club like Cardiff. From an outside perspective as well, I've never followed them, but having a page like Welsh Football Fans, you can engage fans' opinions on a daily basis and the negativity that's constantly surrounding Cardiff. it is not many words you can use to describe that club on and off the pitch. It when just when you think things are uh, back to some sort of normality at the start of the season, Morrison having this rebuild, fans are up on, over the moon for it. Some results are coming, some games are better than others, and then he's sacked out of nowhere. Brent Hudson, in well-respected club legend, one of the nicest people involved with the club over the years, and now he's had his managerial career over within the space of a month, month and a half, and. Man. It's mental and I know why people follow their clubs and Cardiff have got that massive following but it's going to get people in that crowd now thinking, why am I doing this anymore? The club oh, go yeah. backwards trajectory and it's very, very hard as from a neutral perspective to look at it and think, what is the appeal to that? And I, I, I have got so much time for anyone who's still following them home and away and I don't know. It's wild as a club.
1: It's, it's shambolic, mate. Honestly, it's um, from the board down to the team. It's embarrassing, um, and like with Mark Hudson, right? Maybe I'm a bit biased. I've met him. I speak to him. Spoke to him yesterday. Like he is one of the nicest blokes I've ever had the pleasure of spending any time with. He's such a sound guy, and like. I'm not sure what they expected from him. It was like his first permanent job as a manager. Obviously, he's had a couple of caretaker jobs, but he, you know, and he can only work with what he's got. And the players which are there aren't doing it for whatever reason, whether it's because they're not good enough, whether it's the coaching, whether it's something else, like they're just not really doing it. However, under Steve Morrison, they Kind of were, or at least starting to. So it's like, is it the coaching? Is it the manager? Is it? I just, I don't know. One thing I know is that who they bring in now is so important for a variety of reasons. And for me, if they bring in Neil Warnock, I said them a couple of weeks ago, like if they bring Neil Warnock in, I think it's a massive step backwards. Now, I love Neil Warnock. I got massive respect for everything he achieved at Cardiff and he's achieved in his career. But a man is 74 years old. Like, leave him retire. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Like, leave the man alone. Um, In terms of who I would like to see, um, I would like probably, I would probably like to see Valerian Ishmael, former West Brom boss. Uh, I like the way he plays football. But most of all, I like the way he conducts himself. He's very passionate, very calculated, very tactically, very clever. And also, wherever he, I've seen him go or wherever I've sort of followed him, he gets players playing for him. And that's the one thing we need and what we lack is the players, no matter who you are playing, whether they're a better team than you or not, is giving 110% and you'll run through a brick wall for the manager. It makes such a difference. And... Um, it feels like a long time since we had a a cardiff side who was really willing to do that outside of maybe one or two so shambles made the protests are already i see on social media there's protests being organized yeah. for the for, for the games and stuff and look i get it like but i just don't i just don't think the chairman will leave or the owner will leave rather until he's ready to go he'll go in his own time he's shown with his actions over the years he will do what he wants he very rarely is over in Cardiff so he, he does he's he's away from the noise he's away from the negativity like he doesn't he's not there day in day out so he doesn't feel it um but then does If a new owner just comes in, does that just make all the problems go away? Does it solve all the problems? I'm not sure because I think a massive issue, just quickly, is that you've got the, the, the football team and the coaching staff and all the football staff, and then you've got the board, but there's no football man on the board, and there's no football man in between. So you've got basically what is effectively a load of bankers. I said bankers with a B playing football at running a football club, making decisions on football team. But none of them actually really are football people. That's a problem. I don't know, like, uh, how much difference would, you know, new owners come in? Obviously, if you take out the kind of transfer fund aspect of it, because obviously they've got no money to spend at the moment, and I'm not even sure if they're still under an Im- embargo. But like, does a new owner just quickly, you know, does that flip a switch straight away and lift everything?
0: If or is it was- as simple as that. If a new owner walked in overnight, no, it's not going to be uh, instant fix straight away. There's so many issues surrounding the club top the bottom that whoever would be willing to take them over, they've got so much to do and if you're out in the market for a football club, Cardiff ain't a very valuable club to look at and buy right now. And that is the biggest issue I'd say is you're stuck with the most incompetent set of owners imaginable, who ain't gonna budge on their own accord, regardless of how many protests come along in the next few months or years. And I cannot see anyone who's out in the market for a football club wanting to pick up a club with so many issues at the moment. and. It's, it makes you question when you're seeing, not many fans, but I've seen a couple suggest here that if they go down into League One next season now and then just start from the bottom up, like burning down the house and starting afresh,
1: that'll kill the club, I think. So I had a conversation with a friend of mine last night as we were getting absolutely dicked by Leeds, right? And because, um, I like you, I've seen a few people and I think even I said it last year, like, wouldn't be the worst thing to go down. But I think we're in a different situation now, right? And if if you look at League One, right, and League Two, there is some massive football clubs in those leagues. And there's clubs then also who are not as big, but have got more money than Cardiff. Like someone like Salford, who are yeah. paying out astronomical wages and, and fees and stuff for the level they're at. Like, Cardiff can't play them in, at the level they're at. Like, so League One, you've got Plymouth, Sheffield Wednesday, Ipswich, Derby County, Bolton, Barnsley, Wickham, Peterborough, Charlton Athletic, Portsmouth. Like, it's an unbelievable list of teams. And anyone who thinks, like, you know, go on, we'll go down, regroup, and we'll come straight back up. And that's what Portsmouth said how many years ago. They still still can't get up. League two is, you know, even League two is the same. Like, you've got some big, big clubs in there, Swindon and Salford, Bradford City, like Wimbledon and Tramere, Crew. It's, I think, you got to be careful what you wish for because it would be very easy for Cardiff to go down. We've already got a transfer embargo. You go down, you lose, you know, any decent footballers straight away. And then suddenly... You really are like, all right, what are we going to do? You lose a few games at the start of that season. You know, you're battling relegation in League One suddenly. And it can be a slide over a couple of seasons very, very quickly. And um, and then, you know, you can go down like and you can keep going down. It is different, difficult to say. Um, I was just looking, someone made a great point just now. Um, oh, it was Reese. Uh, Reese said, um, they spent 1.5 million to buy a new striker and then sacked uh Morrison like what was it like a week later or a couple of days later. Hudson comes in, he's got all of Morrison's players, has no transfer window to work in because they're under embargo. Like, and it goes back to what I was saying, I'm not sure what they expected him to do, but. It's a shambles, mate, and I think they got real, real problems. Um, and I, I don't even think it's a case of you know bring in ex-manager and stay up because I think the the problems are so deeply rooted within the football club, within the football team. The players look devoid of; they've like they've forgotten how to play football, which is usually a confidence thing. Um, Chris uh, Christopher Barnett says like these these players wouldn't even get in the Wrexham side at the moment. I would kill for that. That Wrexham side—you watch them, the way they play football, but the way they don't give up and they run through—they're like they want to play for that football club. You know, um, that's what I want. That's what I ask—is players who want to be there and turn up. And I don't want to like criticize individuals and stuff like that. Like people keep telling me, Ruben Corwell's the next big thing. I'm still waiting. I'm still yeah. waiting for that consistency. I'm still waiting for the big performance in the big games. You could argue maybe that he hasn't had, you know, a constant run of starts. But I would argue without being too critical that when he has been given an opportunity, he hasn't done a great deal with it. And by the way, I'm not, I single him out because I'm so hopeful of what he can can become. Like there is probably 15 other players who are not doing what they should not performing at the level that they're capable of for whatever reason. Um, I'm interested from people in the live comments, like who would you want to see? Who would you like to be the new manager of Cardiff? Who would you like to see be the new owners? You know, what would you do to, to fix the pro- deep, deep problems at Cardiff? Um, and then lastly on Cardiff, there was a worrying but quite comical story in some ways, um, comical in a dark, Depressing way, and some uh, in the Daily Mail today, uh, or this week, about um, Cardiff tried to insure or add Emiliano Sala to their insurance policy the day after uh, their plane crash. Well, that's what the insurance company is stating in court, so they're basically arguing because the insurance company are refusing to pay damages or cover. And um, Cardiff is saying that, you know, it should be like a rolling thing. So, like, whenever they sign a player, they're automatically covered. The insurance company is saying, no, no, when you sign a player, you contact us and you tell us you've signed him. And then we add him to your policy. Um, It is. If it wasn't so depressing, it would be funny because it's just it's like one thing after another. I cannot see anything positive at the moment to talk about with Cardiff. I thought last night's performance was embarrassing. I think to the general performance of the football club and the football team is nothing short of a disgrace, whether it's the performances on the pitch, the performances of the board. Like I've had Mehmet Dalman on a few times. I've contacted him again to ask him to come on. In fairness to him, he tends to come on in between the season as like he doesn't tend to come on like when the season's ongoing, yeah, so I'm not expecting you know him to come on, but the last time he was on, someone said in the comments, the last time he was on, he talked about wanting to improve the relationship with the fans, the communication with the fans, but since then it's been absolute fucking silence yeah. like and the fact that all these months we've gone through another manager since Steve Morrison, and nobody. Probably outside maybe one or two media members. Nobody knows why Steve Morrison's been sacked. And like I've tried to find out of the people that I know at the football club, and no one's saying nothing. Why was he sacked? He was doing well. He was building. He was like people were happy for once. And just out of the blue, he's gone. No explanation. And I think that is absolutely criminal that. You can sack a manager. you know, not saying you have to explain that the board have to explain every decision they make. But like when you sack your manager out of the blue, who's doing all right, let's you know, let's have a little just a little explanation or something. Hint yeah. at it. I know. Place your ads, you know, give us a little hint, like this is why we've been sacked. Uh, and I you know, I've heard lots of rumors and I don't like really to as people regular viewers will know. I know when for clickbait and rumours and stuff like that i prefer to go with kind of facts and what we know um there's been all sorts of rumours and stuff about altercations and players complaining and stuff but the fact is rumours are always going to fly on the pitch he was doing well uh and he was building something and he looked like we were going to be ready for a real push of promotion next year and now We'll be lucky if we're still in the championship next year. It's shambolic and depressing and it's ruined my night and they're not even playing tonight. But there we go. Um, It is the morale. uh, Chris, you make a great point, mate. The morale within the club and the fans is the lowest I've known it in years. Like I said again to my mate last night, um, the last time I remember the atmosphere being so negative and low, and people just demoralized was probably pre Man when i was like a kid which is mental like Cardiff's a massive club which has got this huge potential to be you know a premier league team but for whatever reason they just cannot get their shit together um so i guess we'll see if they ever do um <clears throat> Before we move on to the next topic, uh, Evan, I got to do a bit of uh, a bit of housekeeping. Got a, a brand new sponsor for the show. Uh, oh. It's Four Sigmatic Coffee Mate, right? And um, I got to say, uh, again, regular viewers, listeners will know I won't have any sponsors on this channel where I don't haven't tried the product myself. And also, if I'm not, if I don't, if I think the product's crap, I won't talk about it. I won't use it. I won't promote it. And um, I'm, uh, I like my coffee. I got to be honest. Um, but four sigmatic made red, right? um, it's uh, it's made with mushrooms, which makes it, you know, my initial reaction to that was like, all oh, right, okay. Um, but I have literally one cup of coffee, one cup of this uh, four sigmatic four sigmatic coffee. Um, when I start to flag about 11 o'clock-ish in the morning, starting to feel a bit tired, one cup of coffee made, and for the rest of the day, I am flying, feeling sharp. My mind's good. Everything is uh, real good. It tastes amazing. And um, I cannot, cannot speak highly enough of it. I was shocked um by how good it is and how good it tastes. But I was more shocked by, like, the results of it. Um, yeah. I'd love to tell you more, but my list of um, the ingredients and all that good stuff, my screen's frozen, so I can't. <laughs> but um, I will uh, now. But you can use the code ACE Nation. If you go to their website, use the code ACE Nation and get a whopping thirty percent off. Uh, and obviously, that that helps us out massively. As always, if uh, if you guys can fancy, you know, checking out the sponsors, really helps us. If um, you know. If You give us a little push for Sigmatic Coffee, um, I'll pop some links and stuff around. And uh, yes, thank you to them for sponsoring the show as always, really appreciate them. Um, so moving on, mate, on the football front, I am uh begrudgingly because I feel like I've been talking yeah. to death um, about, about the Manchester, Manchester Derby, Derby on, on the weekend, mate, yeah, yeah. because that was uh. It was an interesting one, shall we say. Um, let's start with start with that goal. What do you make of it? Number should two. it have stood?
0: Oh, when you've got the um, Premier League's official folks saying that, you know, here are the rules. Yeah, it should have stood. You should have, it should be a concrete argument that, yeah, it is valid. But the more you look back on it, it is like, how is anyone in the crowd agreeing to that? And just from an outlook and perspective, there, how would say go in? It's like, as far, as, I mean, Premiership football these days is a little bit of an entertainment show in my eyes. And I know a lot will disagree with that view, but you look at some of the decisions, like Ashman's goal on the weekend, and it's like, it should, it shouldn't count. It's like, it, it is difficult, mate, isn't it?
1: Because he doesn't touch the ball and the rest of it. But uh, yeah. he follows the but he follows the ball. He like shepherds it to Bruno Fernandes. I don't know. It's it's an odd one. I got to say. Um, however, I made a point last year, right? That if a team is uh, like there's um, like a shady decision or like a controversial decision, right, with VAR or or something like that, then. If in the next game, like if there's a game like in a few days' time, the referees involved in that decision shouldn't referee the same teams, yeah, like a couple of days later. So last night, you had Stuart Atwood, who was at the center of this controversy with the United goal on Sunday or Saturday, whenever it was. And um, United had a pretty stonewall penalty and they didn't give it. And you just start wondering, like. You know, he would have read read all the criticism of the of the goal. Like, is that is he not given that penalty because he's that's in the back of his mind? And I'm not implying you know that he's cheating or anything like that, but I'm just saying he's human being. He knows there's been controversy. He knows that there's like a large kind of swelling of of fans and pundits who think it's a mistake. Goal should not have stood. United have a penalty. The ref hasn't given it. They get like an easy out of not giving it because it's not whatever. But, you know, it's a blatant penalty, which wasn't given by the ref. So the that's what VAR's for, is to give the penalty, surely. I don't know. What do you think about my theory, though, that refs, if they're involved in like a controversial decision, shouldn't referee the same teams the next game round? Yeah.
0: yeah I'd, I'd, you'd think that would actually be a rule, really, just to avoid more things going wrong. Like, right well, it's like invo- avoiding
1: the implications as well, isn't it? Yeah, like, obviously, it's a, it's a weird one, mate, isn't it? Because I don't like VAR at all, mate. I, to me, I keep goal line technology and get rid of everything else. I don't like it. It's like, I just, I don't think when when VAR is getting so many decisions either wrong or people are questioning, is that right? Like, what benefit is it? Like, football yeah. was fine before that. Everyone loved the controversy anyway when there was no VAR because you could talk about it afterwards. Yes. Yeah. A um, few people say, I uh, Borough fan says uh, VAR is spoiling football. Get rid of it. Wales says VAR is the worst thing in modern football. There's just too many controversial wrong decisions and it just takes longer to get there. Yeah, they football just hasn't caught on or used it as well as, like, American football, rugby, rugby league, cricket—they all use video technology really, really well. But they incorporate it into their programming. They incorporate it into the, you know, the crowd at the at the stadium, but also the viewer watch it on TV. Premier League and and the UK football leagues—they've like, the the people watching in the stadium don't have a clue what's going on maybe i think in sometimes now they put like offside check or something yeah, like yeah. written on the on the screens but i mean like people want to see the decision like like you'd see it on tv they want to see it on the screen yeah. so they can debate it and and so they can look at it but i right, get rid
0: of it in my opinion what do you think of var generally mate? would you uh are you a fan I'm a massive football purist, really. So ever since the introduction, I've been against it. And that's been very much justified of how many wrong calls and bad decisions have come following in its introduction. And, and the way I sum it up the people who argue about it is, imagine you're in the stands and you've just watched your team score a last-minute winner. He's at the bedlam, you're jumping around everywhere, you're absolutely buzzing. He gets called back and a kneecap is slightly offside. That goal's gone it ruins the live
1: spectacle of the football. Yeah, it ruins those moments, doesn't it? Like, like yeah. even going back to that United game where they're checking the Bruno Fernandes, Bruno Fernandes goal because of VAR. So the ref has given it, right? So before VAR, that was just a, it was a goal. The ref yeah. gave it. Um, they've all got to stop, wait. All the players are stood around waiting. And then when it's given, they run to the corner, and it's like that's not the genuine reaction, is it? Because the the adrenaline spike in the in the moment is gone. Yeah, I would bin it. Um, everyone who's watching on like Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and the rest of it, vote VAR uh, get rid or keep. See see what the general consensus is. See if everyone uh, kind of agrees with the uh, with us purists. Get rid, um, Evan. Uh, so obviously, first time on the channel. So, um, at the start of the season, me and Rodri would have done predictions and you know, who's going to get promoted and relegated and who's going to win the league and all the rest of it. Um, we're about halfway through the season, so I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, see who you fancy for the various uh, various things. We'll start with the cups. Um Carabao Cup is right down to four teams now, and it? it's um who is it, yeah. a United, Southampton, Newcastle and Forest. Who you got winning that, do you think?
0: You know, I fancy Newcastle this season, just because it starts the in the the impending, I should say, the impending success that's gonna come for them now, and the no ownership. I, I wouldn't be able to tell the last time they've won a trophy. I'm late fifties, early sixties. So they've lost one any sort of title, so I think it that'll be their first better silverware for a very long time, and for the next few years, you'll see a lot more of that happening.
1: Yeah, I could, I think the way the draws split out as well with United getting Forest, you'd expect it to be a Newcastle versus Man United final, and I think that's a massive game for both yeah. managers probably. Because obviously it'll be Ten Hag's first trophy if he was to get it, um, and Newcastle haven't won a trophy for so long. But also, I think it's massive for Eddie Howe because you do wonder how long he's got before they're like, not you know, bring in whoever's the fashionable manager at the time. Like, because Newcastle people they're like a sleeping giant at the moment. They're massive club anyway, but like the amount of money which Newcastle have is absolutely surreal like people cannot understand how much money they have to spend and um it's like once they pull the trigger like they've been quite conservative since they took over but you're just kind of waiting for it like you look at chelsea now just trying to sign anyone who arsenal want to sign just to be spiteful almost which i find quite amusing but like you know that's coming from Newcastle and if they get in the Champions League this year which they've got every chance of doing you know suddenly they can attract and pay the top tier players really like Mbappe is rumoured to be available in the summer like you know United for instance will be going we've got to make sure we're in the Champions League so we can have that we're in the conversation because there's only a certain amount of clubs will be able to afford him and his wages and stuff. Um, if Newcastle are in the Champions League, they could pay him whatever he wants. Will you know? Will they? Some of these players might sign just for money, maybe. But you know, it is what it is. So you reckon Newcastle for the FA Cup uh, for the Carabao Cup? Sorry, mate. Um, Who do you think is going to win a Premier League? I'm- or should I say?
0: When are Arsenal going to shit the bed? That's the thing is, everyone's expecting Arsenal to do an Arsenal at the moment. And it's the first time that they've had a good run after. Even in, in as late I can't remember as much of a yeah. club as it is right now. And the squad that they've got and the way they're playing, it'll only be themselves who will mess But I don't see that happening at the moment. That could obviously change by April, May time. But it's a very romantic footballing story for them to win this title now under Arteta. town. It's got a morale back. The players want to play for the badge again. The fans are buzzing. Their support this season is something I've noted. I've never seen an Arsenal side like it in my life. The fans are buzzing to be there. They've got a chance. The Emirates is buzzing again
1: yeah of course you're too young really to remember like highbury and and those times but like since they went to that stadium they were never you know they were never the same as as what they were back in the day in terms of the atmosphere and everything which went with it i just think mate um i don't know like it's funny to me because a lot of these arsenal fans now who are getting excited wasn't much about a year ago from now, maybe a bit longer. They were calling for his head because Arsenal were down at the bottom of the Premier League, yeah. So, you know, it shows how quickly things can change. I think he's done a tremendous job. I just, um, I was saying to Rodri the other day, I've just got a feeling, and people will get annoyed at this. I've got a feeling that United are going to win it just because I think Arsenal will have a wobble at some point. I think there's nine points between United and Arsenal now. Obviously, they play each other on Sunday, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, like, last night, they were very poor, but generally, the way Ten Hag has changed them in six months is quite astounding. Like, the way they... And I watch them off for a ball quite a lot, like the way they press and stuff. has been very impressive. The only thing I think they lack is probably a bit of depth, although Jadon Sancho's training again and stuff, so you know, never know. I just got a feeling with them, when I think of it logically, I think probably Man City or Arsenal, but I've just got a sneaky feeling that Arsenal are going to have a wobble, Man City just don't seem to be able to get a consistency, Liverpool's got an aging squad, so they've, you know, they're not in the race this year, and I've just got a feeling United are going to kind of just keep plugging away 1-0s, you know, two ones. And then suddenly they'll be top with a couple of games to go or whatever. And it will be like, oh, I didn't see that coming. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. What about relegation, mate? Because the Premier League relegation is um, quite a fascinating one. Everton escaped by the literal skin of their teeth last year. And um, they look worse this year. Do you think they go down, mate? Everton?
0: It might come back to bite me on the ass by the end of the season. But I, I am convinced they're going down just the yeah, I thought
1: they were going down
0: it, last year. Man. yeah, everything around the club at the moment is, is like City, but in the Premiership, really. I'd say, is you've got awful owners and a fan base who want nothing more than owners out, a squad mm-hmm. of players who do not look interested, and that's probably not been helped by where you're seeing the some sets of fans all been outside the ground chasing their cars and shit down the roads. Yeah. Young players as well, mate. Young
1: local players getting chased around and their their um you know their cars getting mobbed and, uh, and like that sort of negativity and toxicity around your team and around your club. It doesn't go away overnight. And they're in a relegation battle, like they've drawn one of their last six and they've lost the rest. They are in free format and um I just think I look at the three teams actually right at the bottom, the bottom three at the moment, or bottom four, right? We've got Southampton who are bottom, who've lost five of the last six, but they won their last game. Everton lost five of the last six, draw the other one. West Ham lost five of the last six, drew the other one. And then you've got Bournemouth lost five of the last six and won one. So those four teams, some massive clubs, not the four teams you'd have thought they're going to get relegated this year. And I look at those four and the form they're in, and I look at the points and, and who they got to play, and I just think, Jesus Christ, you could end up with West Ham, Everton, and Southampton being relegated from the Premier League. Insanity, mate. And do you know what it does? It makes the championship next year even harder again because yeah. you'll have Everton, one of the richest clubs around in the championship. Crazy. Yeah. Everton turned down fifty million for that Anthony Gordon, apparently.
0: I have viewed fit sixty million mark. That is obscene more, he more. Is not good. He's a young he's a young lad. He's more of potential really, but to turn that off,
1: It's a lot of money, isn't it, to turn down for like potential. Like, yeah. you never know with these young players how things are going to go. Like, you know, I, I mentioned Jaden Sancho a minute ago. Like, you know, he's got all the potential in the world, looked like a genuinely top-class player at Dortmund. And for various reasons, hasn't settled properly at United. He's had a few things happen, like, in his personal life. I think there was, he, um, I think a friend of his uh, like, killed himself or something like that. But, like, you know, which is obviously... is brutal to deal with and you can't accommodate for that but you never know what's going to happen with a young footballer so if to me if you get 50 million for someone who's not really a proven first team starter you gotta you gotta take it Yeah. but then Everton don't need the money so I guess that's what happens when you don't need the money you can keep who you want no matter the money and the offers so who do you think is going to go down, then? Give me three to go down.
0: Oh, I might go with the same. Just because of how mental it make a championship look next season, I might pick with the same three as you, to be honest. Everton, uh, West Ham and Sampton, is it? I don't know. Just imagine you pick championship next season with them three
1: down as well. Oh, my God, mate. Do you know what, All right, The championship, if Cardiff somehow managed to stay up and those three go down, they may as well get ready to pack to go down next year because you're seeing what Leeds did to Cardiff yesterday. And I'm not being funny, but like a West Ham or an Everton or even Southampton, they are streets, streets above of Cardiff City at the moment and you're talking like they've got some money to spend. They'll sign some players. They might lose a couple, but they'll sign some champion, proven championship players. It's, um, yeah, just absolutely obscene. Um, before we move on to the championship, who do you think is going to win FA Cup? Go on, mm.
0: uh, it's hard to tell, really. A good couple of rounds in, but yeah. for a, why not Wrexham? Why not just have the um fairy tale story to- for that story? Yeah, they've they're filming another series, that um documentary as well. What a way to cap it off!
1: Uh, I think they've been a breath of fresh air idea. Um and I know like there's a bit of jealousy in there from from other teams in around them and their league, and people don't like the fact that they wanna you know they they because of who the owners are, they're getting a following in America, and people don't like it do they it's like the the f a or whatever like it's they feel as if they're getting the the bit above their station like you know because they're they're appealing much wider than what they would be without those owners. It's a fact. Like, it's nothing you could do about it. Like, you shouldn't, if I'm the FA and Sky Sports or whoever's got the rights to the, whatever league they're in, I think it's the Northern Premier or something. Like, whoever's in charge of it, embrace it. Use it to further spread your brand and stuff. Like, but, um, yeah, I fancy Wrexham will have a bit of a, a bit of a run in the FA Cup. I hope they do because I find that Like I said at the start of the show, like I find the way they play football is beautiful. It reminds me of Kevin Keegan's Newcastle. It's just like we'll score more goals than you, no matter how many you score. Um, which is always, you know, it's exciting to watch, it no matter what. Um, championship, then, mate. What um, who do you see going up and down and the rest of it?
0: Oh, it's gonna sound bad and I run a football page, but I don't really look at the league standings for the EFL really. But I do have right. a chance of going up again I'm from I've seen clips from their games this season, and company has got them to win the business really.
1: So, I'll um, what well, I'll do, I'll, I'll read you the bottom four or five now when my computer finally works. But um, someone just put in the chat that Man City at 42 minutes it was Man City nil, Spurs nil at 45 minutes it's 2-0 to Spurs. Wow. And that's what I'm saying to you about United. I've just got a feeling when I look at those three teams, Man City just cannot find the consistency. Haaland's gone off the boil and then they don't they don't play to Haaland's strengths and I oh. know he scored a bucket load of goals, but the way they play doesn't suit him. Yeah. Like he wants to in behind or into the box. But they want to play around and through, and yeah, at the start of the season he was new, and you know he's getting those chances. But as the season develops, they revert to a certain type of football, Man City, which we, you know, Pep's football of just pass, 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 and like, and then if they lose it, they press, you know, from the very front. But I just don't think it suits him. And don't get me wrong, he will score twenty to thirty goals every season for however long he's at in the Premier League with Man City but I just think I just got a feeling that United are going to end up winning it and I've got to say if they do it will be absolutely remarkable the turnaround from not even last year like the start of Ten Hag's reign they lost 4-0 to Brentford and someone else as well like I forget who it was but they lost two games which they should be winning so to turn that and, the, you know, get rid of Ronaldo the way he did to then be league. Even if they finish second, they'll be title contenders. I think it's in, unbelievable. Um, right. So the championship bottom, you've got Wigan, Blackpool, uh, Huddersfield, Cardiff City, Stoke,
0: and then Rotherham. So what's your three? Uh, one of my boys who I go to the Wales games with follows field, and I often do see his posts on socials complaining about how dire they have been this season. So I don't know. And the weird thing with Championship is it always seems to pick up a bit of drama. Any club can be towards the bottom, but there, and then suddenly a big turn up of form, and they survive by the skin of their teeth. So it's a hard, very lead to predict that the best of times, but. Mm, I don't know, it's hard to see but I think it's on my outside Oh, no sound
1: Right, uh, yeah. no, nope. nah, my comp- where my computer was playing silly buggers. It um just f- changed the mics for some reason. So what I was saying is um uh, what I said with no sound is Blackpool are definitely going down because they've appointed Mick McCarthy as the their manager. So they're definitely going down because in my opinion, mate, and I said this with Cardiff when he left when he joined. Any club in the championship or the Premier League who is still employing Mick McCarthy, Neil Warnock, um, I don't quite put Sam, Sam Allardyce in that bracket, but like these guys who are like 65, 70, and they're still employing them, mate. To me, and it's only my personal opinion, I might be wrong, they're dinosaurs, mate. The football has changed, the game has changed. The way you manage players has changed. Like, he's just not a good. He's just not a guy. Like, um, he's just not a guy for this. So they're going down 100%. Wigan, I think, are done. Although Wigan kind of clawed it back a little bit after a rocky start, so it's still really tight. Like, there's only four points from Wigan at the bottom, or five points from Wigan at the bottom to. Rotherham at nineteenth. So it's it's yeah. close, but right? and it can just anyone could beat anyone. Cardiff, make no mistake, Cardiff City are in a relegation battle, and if they yeah. don't sort sort their stuff out real quick, they will go down. And uh then it's a big problem. In terms of the playoffs, um I think we're gonna I think the four in the playoffs will be Middlesbrough, uh, and a, Michael Carrick's doing an absolutely phenomenal job at Borough. Um, he was linked with Cardiff when Mark Hudson took over. And I saw a lot of people saying, oh, he's, uh, he's not proven, he's not this, he's not that. But he he, he came in with a plan. He came into Borough. He, got, he knew exactly who he wanted to work with in terms of his coaching staff. He knew exactly what players he wanted to get in on loan and sign. <laughs> and he, he got it all done as quick as possible so that he could hit the ground running. And um, Michael Carrick, I think, is doing an absolute phenomenal job. And um, hopefully Borough go up because, one, I've got obviously friends who support Borough and I would like it for them. But also, I hope he goes up because if they don't go up, I think Premier League teams will be having a look at Michael Carrick because he's done a, a great job with Borough. Absolute great job. Just to confirm, guys, can you just confirm that my sound is back on? Because Evan could hear me, but I just also want to put in still no sound, but just uh, hoping that they're just a little bit behind. Um, I think it'll be Borough. I think it'll be Watford, Blackburn, and I think Sunderland or Luton will be the fourth team. They'll be the, the kind of late runners, so Sunderland or, or Luton. And then it'll be Blackburn, Middlesbrough, and Watford. I think West Brom will miss out, um, and I think Burnley and, and Sheffield United are way above anything else in the league. I think Burnley will win the league probably. I've been very impressed with them. Be very impressed with Company and Bellamy uh, combination. I gotta say, but um, it's going to be interesting because I got a bad feeling about the end of this season for uh, for Cardiff City, which is unfortunate to say the least but let's be honest all of cardiff's problems have been brought on by cardiff um you know haven't just appeared out of the blue no one knows why the problems that cardiff have got are because of the way the club is managed and uh until they do something uh, do something about that i think there's not much that they not much is going to change because they are absolutely horrific, dreadfully bad. Uh, But we'll see, I guess we'll see how the season progresses. Um, If you guys have got any questions or you want to talk about anything in particular, then uh, please do let us know. I'm sure Evan will be back in a minute. Yeah. I think someone tried to phone him, um, which if you're on your phone on StreamYard, it kicks you out. Um, yeah, so guys, if you've got any questions and stuff like that? Get them in now quickly. Um, while Evan's gone, I will say again, please do check out the old uh sponsors. Um, Four Sigmatic Coffee absolutely unbelievable stuff! So so good. I've been, um, can't, can't speak highly enough of them. Um, unbelievable stuff. Really, like, I feel like, um, since I had COVID last year, like I've had a bit of um, bit of the old like brain fog going on sometimes. Some days I just feel a bit like, oh, I just can't get my head straight. And um, then that, that coffee most definitely helps hit the spot. Ree um, says, uh, sorry, if you speak to Mark Hudson again, from all of France, can you tell him thank you for everything? Funny enough, mate, uh, I said something very similar to him when i spoke to him yesterday um it's, it's so unfortunate isn't it it's just one of them things um and of course find money as well check out their apparel and that stuff use code ace nation get a discount they got some nice stuff as well um helping you know support the sponsor supports us and you know check out the patreon if you want to as well it's only like i think there's even a couple of one pound 50 slots or two pound slots left or three five there's like a discounted slot should be five pound and then it's like three quid or something but it really that's what keeps the channel going uh got some big plans for this year hoping to make a documentary about um andy campbell's goal in a playoff final and the impact it had on card if a football club um just trying to get that sorted uh, and filming and stuff like that that'd be real cool if we can get that off the ground um got a new uh f- football related channel coming uh soon with um with uh, with will which i mentioned earlier i won't tell you too much about that we'll make a we'll we'll bring some stuff out soon but that's uh, exciting really excited to do that and kick off something something extra new um it's gonna be a lot of fun just to add to the stuff um also I think gonna be launching uh a Cardiff City show in some form, because I'm aware that I have a big basis of Cardiff followers and viewers and stuff. Um, and obviously, being a Cardiff fan myself, so we're going to do a card some sort of Cardiff based show, whether it's having people call in or guests or something. I haven't quite decided the layout of it yet. Um, and I haven't decided if it's going to be YouTube or Patreon, probably YouTube, I think, but um. It's just, uh, I think it's one of them things. And I think because where with the show with Rodri is slightly different to the show with Andy, whereby we tend to talk a bit more generally about Premier League and, and a bit of football, everything. So we don't talk about Cardiff as much. And I'm aware that maybe my demographic in terms of viewers and listeners is is very much sort of Cardiff and then a bit of borough and, and stuff like that. Um, reese says not a fan of who ensures a pundit he uh, might just be me but he talks rubbish pre-game and he got a two wins We'll be back mid-table we're in a serious relegation battle and we're in trouble um yeah he's not my favorite pundit i don't know why i keep disappearing um he's not my favorite pundit shall we say um but i i love him it's um it's weird though right because I saw some, a couple of people saying, oh yeah, we'll just win a couple of games and we'll be fine. And I'm like, nah mate, Cardiff, that there's so much negativity. There's no morale within the team. I would be more surprised if we stay up than I will be if we go down. I think it'll be very, very difficult for those players to recover any semblance of momentum and, and morale and you've got to get the fans on side as a for the team's sake you've got to get the fans on side like card fans are notoriously loyal in terms of they'll support the players through thick and thin they might turn on the board but they will support the players and at the moment the club have got to turn that turn the relationship with the fans around and they gotta do it quickly um, Evan, the last thing I want to talk about tonight is before we're going to do a little predictions as well for the weekend's game. Um, did you hear about the Crawley manager, right? Yeah, um, right. Ex Crawley manager, and I forget his name, something Yem. Um, yeah. So, been proven on, I think, seven different charges, all related to like racist comments and, and, like insults and horrific stuff and a lot of it directed at like young players starting right. out in the game and stuff like that and um he got an 18 month ban 18 months mate and like literally he was found guilty of like seven charges this is why people take the take the piss out of like kick it out and all these different projects and things that they come up with to combat racism, which of course they should be doing Yeah, but they mock them because when they have the chance to make a statement they drop the ball every single time, whether it's FIFA whether it's FA Um it was just pathetic and I just I'll never understand that because to me the solution is simple if you have someone like him proven to be an absolute bully and yeah. racist to come out in the statement and say he's not a conscious racist is ludicrous mm-hmm. when you've just proven seven charges all related to racism and bullying
0: he's not a conscious racism get caught Is it is shambolic, and you know, within as soon as that eighteen-month ban's over, you'll see him managing some non-league side, guaranteed. Someone will take him, won't they?
1: Yeah, because his um his record, actually, I think, is pretty good in the lower leagues. Not that that should come into it, but to me, that was their chance, right? Because you had, he's not like a you know, like a Jose Mourinho or someone like that, where you don't really want to ban him because he's blockbuster or whatever the shit they would justify it with these people like this was the chance to like say nah do you know what this guy is a bully he was bang out of order he's done irreparable damage to young footballers who probably turned away from the game some of them yeah and could have got a career within football he's done ban why isn't he banned for life like who gives a shit? It is like, when I say who gives a shit, I mean, not like who gives a shit about what he's done, obviously. I mean, who gives a shit about him and his... his if he wants to go and... He can he can still work, go get a job in Tesco's if he wants. But yeah. he, he can't have a job in football. That's what it should be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Absolute disgrace. 18 months. Oh, made me sick. It's absolutely yeah. sick hearing that. Because when you hear some of those comments that he made... Uh, or when you see like some of the things he was saying on a regular basis to like these young young footballers, like
0: how is that acceptable? Like it should and the big worry there as well is this is all out in the public now. If you're a young footballer who's in an academy setup, you're gonna have them fears of that happening to yourself as well. There's so much wrong with that case. Having several accounts of Horrific abuse, and it's a slap on the wrist as a punishment. Essentially, it is shambolic, and questions do need to be asked. I'd say about the governing authorities in football to how lenient they are with this. It doesn't do it. Example whatsoever. FIFA does it
1: all the time as well, don't they? When you have like Russia or whoever like doing monkey chants or racial abuse or whatever, like they gave him a pifflin you know play a game behind closed doors or a fine which doesn't come into anything and it's just like until they start making an example of these people and these nations and these clubs and all the rest of it it is just pointless like yeah. and i think people again for frust- people i saw the the out, the reaction to that on social media I would hate to be the like next spokesman for whatever, you know, campaign they do next because whatever campaign comes next, you know, kick it out or whatever, which they are, you know, they got they should do that. They should do these types of things. But in order for those things to work and further stop racial abuse and stuff like that, you've got to back it up by where if there is instance of racial abuse in the crowds, in the teams, in the coaches, whatever it may be, you've got to hit it hard and yeah. you've got to that's how you do it. Eighteen months when he should have had a lifetime ban from football, in my opinion. Yeah. Would you have given him a lifetime ban if it was your decision,
0: or would you have given him like oh. ten years or oh, a shadow without and it makes you wonder what the people who are behind handing out these sentences within the FA or whatever. It makes you wonder what their full process is to just hand out a year and a half to someone for something like that. A year and a half s just like
1: in football. It's like a, it's like a holiday, isn't it? Yeah. Like... Like, like managers, they'll take like a year off, spend time with the family because, they, because the job takes up so much of their time. Yeah.
0: So like...
1: Eighteen months is literally like it's like a holiday for him. God, it's infuriating, mate. Absolutely infuriating. Um. So, what we do to finish, mate, is we uh we have a look at the Super Six games for for Saturday, and uh, me and Rodri give our predictions. Now, Rodri should put his predictions in like I do as we do them. Because yeah. he keeps forgetting to do them, but he doesn't. But I'm clever, so I'm going to uh, go and crack on now. I just got to load up the old app. But uh, how have you found uh, your first first little jaunt onto Ace Podcast Nation, mate?
0: Apart from my phone dying for a few minutes. Yeah, it's been great.
1: Yeah, really good old chit chat, mate. Good old chit chat. Um, so Reese says, uh, forget that. What if you. Uh, one of the players that decides to come forward after receiving race, uh, racist abuse. And the manager is charged for a year, but you'll be granted as like a grass. So yeah, that's a good point. Say one of those players, right, is goes to a different non-league club, whatever, you know, I don't know, another, cl- another club in the same league or similar level, right? And he's doing well, 17, 18, starting to show what he can do. But the manager gets sacked. He falls out with the chairman, and and then they bring in whatever his name is, um, Yem. Yeah. They bring him in as my like. It's like, what can you you? How can you put someone in that position? Yeah. But they they don't care. They they just oh, absolutely appalling, disgraceful. And I I say, well done to me for not swearing repeatedly when talking about that absolute yeah. tosser um right then f- super six predictions for the weekend people put your predictions in the chat as well we've got west ham versus
0: everton mate what you've got mm, both sides need the win without a shadow of a doubt and at the moment I'm, relegation fodder This is a one nil west ham
1: I've gone 2-1 West Ham, I have. I think it'll be close, but I fancy West Ham at home. And Everton, I just can't see how they're going to get it together, to be honest. Uh, Leicester City at home to inform Brighton, who absolutely smashed Liverpool off the park last weekend.
0: Yeah, Brighton are riding high on that confidence at the moment, isn't they? So, maybe a 2-1 to Brighton. I
1: got uh, I got three one Brighton there. Leicester in a bit of ropey form, and Brighton are on fire. They've been and they're not just in a bit of form, by the way. They look like a real team. Brighton do. Yeah. And if I was Graham Potter, I'd be thinking, "Oh, fucking, hell, what did I do? Why did I leave Brighton to go to Chelsea?" Because there's no way, right? There's no way. By the way, just quickly off topic, there's no way Graham Potter is in charge of bringing in all these players at Chelsea. No word of chance in hell. That there's not a guy above him going, you are, have him, have him. We're signing him. Oh, Arsenal want him, we'll have him as well. Unbelievable stuff. Uh,
0: Bournemouth versus Nottingham Forest. Mm, I, I'm going to say Forest 1 0. I know Brennan Johnson's is going to be one guy in our goal. He's on so banging form, mate. Banging form at the moment. So was a
1: Brilliant to see him coming in. Into- Brandish. Yeah, he, he needs to play though, mate. Needs to play week in, week out.
0: Yeah.
1: I think uh, he's special, but he just, you can only be special if you're playing. You can't yeah. do anything off the bench. You were sat there. Um, yeah, i gone 2-1 Forest in that one because Bournemouth are struggling. Palace versus Newcastle. So I went and originally I'd gone 2-0 to Newcastle. I'm actually going to change that. No, I'm not going to change it. Palace do look like they're struggling to score, even though they yeah. played well last night. Uh I've gone two 2-0 Newcastle. Newcastle United.
0: Yeah, and I'm gonna stay the same. And it is a shame really, right, because I I when it started off with the era Palace, they were looking good and I'm with Austin Robert's being in the system. I have got a nice little soft spot for Palace. But it, it hasn't been going well, but last gonna at all. Yeah, they were good yesterday, but they
1: just don't look capable of scoring a great deal of goals, which is quite mad when you look at the pace they got up front. Yeah. But um Oshan Roberts, by the way, I wouldn't rule him out as an outsider for the Cardiff job. Um Ooh, they haven't considered that one,
0: actually. That's
1: that is something before, yeah. Third of first. Uh Leeds versus Brentford, mate.
0: <sighs> hmm. The the both sides have had some decent form at the moment. I'm going to say two all. Two all. Um, oh. Yeah, I gone one all. I have,
1: but uh, two all. Interesting. And then the big game of the weekend, Super Sunday, Arsenal at home to Manchester United. Who you got there, mate?
0: Oh, it's going to be a cagey one, I think. But... Do you reckon?
1: they yeah. um, the first game they played was really open and united just hit him like really done the damage on the break like but um i thought rashford was poor last night for the first time in a very long time looked like he was tired but they've played arsenal will be their fourth game in 12 days so yeah and casemiro's out so you know if well, arsenal are going to arsenal going to win the league mate that's their chance to make a statement uh,
0: yeah is so, whoever, whoever wants him more really? Both sides are going to go into that game knowing what it could mean for the rest of the season.
1: Well United win? It cuts the lead down to six. Yeah. If Arsenal win, it ups it to twelve. But it's also about a statement for Arsenal because United beat them quite comfortably or quite handily in the first game. Casemiro, Casemiro didn't play in that game either, mind. Oh, um, yeah. well,
0: I'm going to say. 2 1 Arsenal with a last minute winner just to make it a Super Sunday Heritage Park, these premiers. So, um, I think um,
1: here's a little prediction for you just uh, with that game. I think that uh, Luke Shaw will play centre back again, and I think Martinez will play in that holding midfielder role, and he'll give Odegaard an absolute chewing. He will have stud marks all over him by the end of the game. Uh, And I think Manchester United will win 2-1. But I wouldn't be surprised to see it go 2-1 Arsenal either. I think it's going to be a good, close game. But I think when I look at the defences and the keepers, I think United have got a slight edge. But I think in the midfield... I think the one the problem without Casemiro. United haven't got the consistency in the midfield. So, like, there's been times where Fred and Ericsson, you know, Ericsson's been outstanding, but, like, Fred and McTominay, they might be amazing. Like, they might be really good on Sunday and they might beat Arsenal, but they also might look like Sunday league footballers as well. So, that's the problem and that's why they're probably going to, you know, go... Go at the end of the season, those two. Um, but I've gone to when United I've been impressed by Eric Ten Hag. Um, to finish us off, Evan, I would like to ask you what is, what accent can you do the best? <sighs> Newcastle, Scottish, oh, Aberdeen, none at all. Um, I've on, there's got to be one, there's got to be one that, like when you're in the shower. You're giving
0: it large, like, Geordie. No, nah, I, I never tended nah, to boo. because of how strong my Valley's accent has become. Yes, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, I've grown so used to just speaking as I do. that I haven't really performed into, like, doing anything else, even for a laugh. And mm. I just mm-hmm. think I didn't sound in like I've come from the back arse and beyond. That's, <laughs> the, that's what I need to really know. I'll,
1: I'll lay you off. I'll lay you off. <laughs> yes, but um, if you guys want to get a nice Ace Podcast Nation T-shirt like this, links in the description. Get it. Get on it. They're uh, they're very nice, very soft. Um, guys, as always, thank you for watching. Um, gonna start tuning out some more than one show a week now. Like Christmas break is gone. Um, I've had a little break to just to re-repair my brain. Give myself, get my head sorted, and uh, feeling pretty good now. So, like I said, gonna have a few uh, different things. Might have a little championship show come in. Might have a Cardiff show come in. Hoping to start filming that my little documentary soon with the on uh, Andy Campbell's goal and the impact it had on Cardiff City as a football club. But um, we'll see if uh, see if I can get that going. Hoping it'll be done by the end of the year, anyway in some shape but it's uh that's uh completely f- self-funded and filmed and everything so we got to uh you know got to do it if you want to support the channel support the sponsors like sigmatic four Violet money or you can join a patreon.com slash ace podcast nation for as little as a couple of quid a week i think as well you can become a member on youtube as well i don't know if that's active though someone will tell me i think it is um keeps the channel going what can i say uh appreciate you all evan thank you for your time mate appreciate you joining me pleasure to be on you. welcome back anytime and i have no idea what's going on with my camera tonight it's all over the shop broken is what it is nice one guys see you next week